Season 2, Episode 1, Brief and Brutal. Thanks for coming back for the new year of Tattle Pod, and thanks for inviting your friends and your enemies. I'm not going to sing you a New Year's song like I did at Christmas when I sang my Christmas ditty, and it was a big hit, apparently. Well, I mean, at least Pops liked it, and of course he did. My voice is music to his ears after 12 years of bliss. He probably really wants to puncture his eardrums out every time words fall out of my mouth. He said, it was really nice and really good, baby. And that's what counts. And yes, if you're wondering, he knows that I imitate him. So no, I am not singing, but I will, however, speak the words should old acquaintance be forgot. As far as I'm concerned, we can stop right there. I sure as fuck hope old acquaintances can be forgotten. I have a few who I not only want forgotten, but I also want burned out of my frontal lobe. Shedding old acquaintances. That, now that will change your life. Lose the baggage and proceed without fear. Stop doing so much for other people and take care of your damn self. Put yourself first and don't feel guilty about it. Did you know that sometimes when we are doing a bunch of shit for other people, and we are people-pleasing ourselves ragged, that it's actually a codependent behavior to fulfill our own need to be needed. And I can speak to this because I've been stupid enough to fall into that cycle of insanity. So take care of yourself, and if you do not want to do something, don't want to participate in something, then feel free to say no, and you do not have to rationalize your no to other people. My best advice for the new year is lose your losers. Take care of yourself without guilt. Be fearless in pursuing your dreams and goals. And take responsibility for your own happiness. Stop seeking happiness from the affirmations and appreciation of other people. And stop and look in the mirror and say, damn, I'm great. And what am I going to do for myself today? Stop expecting other people to do things to make you happy or to behave in a way that you would want them to, to make you happy. You are responsible for your own happiness in all situations. When you do things for people to make yourself feel needed or to receive adoration from other people, it's not even genuine. It's actually selfish. And quite frankly, it's pathetic. So take a long, hard look into your soul And do for yourself what you would have otherwise done for somebody else. New Year's Eve. Really, why do we need New Year's Eve to make positive changes in our lives? Or changes, period, in our lives? I mean, if you need New Year's Eve to give yourself a reason to change something that has been on your mind. And you need to wait until the stroke of midnight and to make a resolution. Well, you are a complacent dong. Get off your ass and get moving. If things aren't changing, it's because you're not making an effort. And maybe you actually don't care about it that much. Maybe you're just trying to please somebody else. If you find yourself making the same poor choices over and over, or the same choices at all. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not poor choices. Maybe they're a lot of fucking fun choices. But it's probably because you don't actually want to change, and that's okay. You don't have to just because the world tells you to. Maybe the world wants you to, 
You don't have to assimilate. Change because it's something that you want to do. Life changes take motivation, consistency, commitment, and also the acceptance of failure. I don't know very many people who have got it right the first time, including myself, and I still get it wrong a lot. Um, My old year went out with a bang and with my head over the toilet after drinking everybody's Prosecco that they didn't want. And maybe that should have been my first clue. It, It tasted good going down. But I chose to paint a silver lining around that unfortunate events that I've already gotten the worst over with. Until two nights later when I ate some fresh buffalo mozzarella and had to pull out some of my old Lamaze breathing techniques to get myself through it. It was intense. And um, I was, in a sense, giving birth. Purging myself of my demons. Oh, don't worry, they're still in there. Um, Tattle Pod needs all of my demons. Don't you worry. It wouldn't be fun without my demons. But before our email, I am going to review the restaurants that I have dined at. Dined. It's so fancy. It'll be brief. It'll be a little bit brutal. It'll probably be completely brutal. But first of all, Contrada, it's a pizza place on Wall Street. And remember, this is in downtown Asheville, North Carolina. So I only do these, well, I do these reviews because they're fun. But also, um, if somebody who's listening wants to come to Asheville, then you can listen to these podcasts. Or you can email me at Tattlepod. I'm more than happy to give you recommendations. I'm probably not going to meet you because I don't know what kind of weirdo you are. I mean, you're listening to this podcast and I don't want to be chopped up into a bunch of little pieces and put in a box somewhere or whatever. Contrada, though, it's a pizza place. Um, antipasta, pizza, wine, I think mixed drinks. I ate, that's where I ate the buffalo mozzarella. It was delicious and um, is why you should also, this is a side note, be responsible for your own food allergies. Over Christmas break, my brother Doug, who um, has an allergy to almonds and knows he has an allergy to almonds and is old enough to be cognizant of that, he had a near-death experience by an assassination attempt from my sister who sent him almond holiday cookies. Know your allergies, assholes. So we're back to Contrada now. They have delicious pizza. It's the best pizza in Asheville and maybe the best pizza I have ever put in my pizza hole. And you can take that however you want. The dining area though only holds about 12 people max about, I think. I didn't actually count. If you decide to go there, they open at four. It's smart to get there close to four. It's also worth waiting for a seat. You may be able to sit outside, weather permitting, Or just be prepared if you don't get there on time to stand there looking like a fuck stick waiting on a table who doesn't have fucking pizza. The food's great, service is great, atmosphere is great. And in my opinion, if you can keep your doors open with limited seating and limited hours, then what you are doing, you are doing correctly. Actually, you're doing more than correctly. I'll give you a meatball rating. Seven out of five meatballs, even though there's no meatballs there. Number two, the exchange, which is inside of a new trendy hotel called the Restoration. The aesthetic is nice. The food, it's pretty good, depending, I guess, on what you get and what you're looking for, like anywhere else. I wouldn't crave the food, 
the service leaves a lot to be desired. I had the most unprofessional service I have ever had the displeasure of experiencing with a waitress there who at first she boobed up, double boobed up to my table like she was running from the fucking cops. But when she returned, she had a horribly fake English accent and was trying to upsell me the whole time. First of all, champagne half the time tastes like vomit on a good day. So no, I don't want a $300 bottle of champagne. If you decide to go to the exchange to eat, I feel that you're going <laughs> to blow your wad and leave feeling exhausted, confused, and unfulfilled, just like having sex in a hot tub. Negative 10 out of 5 meatballs. La Bodega. Just go to La Bodega. It's upscale. It's trendy. The lighting's awesome. Not that that's a great important factor, but it was beautiful up there. They have excellent service, and the food was ridiculously delicious. They had something on the menu for everybody and accommodated our requests readily. It's a Spanish bakery and a Spanish market on the bottom, and the top is the restaurant. Personally, I had the ensalada, and I plan to return because I feel that if a restaurant can prepare a salad that is craveable, that I'm craving, imagine what the rest of that menu is like. I was able to feed a vegan and a carnivore in the same restaurant and everyone was satisfied. Do I rate this with meatballs? Yeah. I'm going to give you five out of five meatballs. I feel a little bit like a trader rating restaurants that aren't Italian with meatballs, but here I'm doing it. So we do have an email today and it is perfect. It is short and sweet, unlike myself, who is medium and bitter. Dear mother, I have been thinking about how to handle this problem for quite some time, and I considered if I need to handle it at all. I am so tired of people when I'm spending time with them, friends, family, etc., always wanting to name drop or low-key mention about how much money they make and or how much money they've spent on their house or whatever, and also talking about the financials of other people. I don't understand why people do this and I don't know how to respond. Handle it or don't handle it. And you didn't sign your email, so now you're officially known as Tattlepod Person. Tattlepod Person, I also really fucking hate that kind of bullshit. There is a fine line between being proud of an accomplishment or somebody who you love being proud of them and just being a braggy ball sack of ball cheese. There are so many ways to go about handling this, and I'm about to give you a few of my own horrible suggestions. Personally, I would go for the jugular if it were me. Something to the effect of, hey, let me interrupt you for a minute. I not only don't give a rat's ass about your money or the cost of your ugly purse collection, but I also don't care about your sister-in-law's platinum pussy or your kid's Nobel Prize. The same way I didn't give a fuck about any of that stuff the last 10 conversations that we've had. Does that person not have anything of interest or no actual achievements of their own that they can talk about? And if they're talking about somebody else's finances, their in-laws, um, their neighbors, their kids, whatever they think they know, well, that person 
who they're talking about, they have a mouth of their own. If they wanted to tell you, they'd use it. I have always felt that people who have money don't talk about it. Talking about money and status is inappropriate, and it should be considered off limits, just like politics, religion, and gray pubic hair. What you really should do is reflect and ask yourself, why are you still hanging around in the shallow end of the gene pool with these people? If you continue to subject yourself, well, you're also a dumbass. As usual, if you were in search of foul-mouthed answers to first world problems and apparently also mediocre Asheville restaurant reviews, you came to the right place. Tattlepod, it's where my advice can't be trusted, but dive in at your own risk. I am not a professional, but I am entertaining, at least to myself. Send me an email to tattlepod at gmail.com if you want me to give you horrible advice. I'm waiting with bated breath. Visit my website, tattlepod.com, that I'm not even promising to update anymore. It'll be updated when it's updated, and I will let your asses know when. You know what? Have a new year. Whatever the fuck kind of new year you want to have. If someone shits on your parade, tell them to lick your crack and go on with yourself. And tattle to your mother. Ciao for now. And remember... Never be ashamed to tattle to your mother.